comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. to take a sandwich with you, sir? I'll get drive-through. Bruce Wayne. In the flesh. I'm gonna need that hand back. Yes. My invention beams any TV signal directly into the human brain. Mind manipulation, tampering with people's brain waves, it just raises too many questions. Hey, everybody, welcome to Comic Book Logic. I am your host, Joe, and with, as always, is my co-host, Kevin. Yo! <laughs> Kevin. Um, Bruce. Um, and today we are going to cover the 1995 cinematic masterpiece, our first review of the year, Batman Forever. Batman Forever? <laughs> I always assume it was a question because of the, the logo with the Riddler uh, question oh, mark. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to start off this episode like we start off every episode. I'm going to ask Kevin that did you know that when it snows, <laughs> my eyes become alive and the light that you shine can be seen. <laughs> what did you know about Baby! Pop Sensation Seal? Yeah. I, I love that song mainly because the fact that I know none of the words to it. And it's yeah. one of those great ones where you can just make up anything. It's like, yeah. hey, did you know that when it blows, <laughs> I try to get some ice cream and I, you know, you just keep going with it. And I can make a dooba gooba get from a bros don't obey. It's like, yeah, you could straight up do that. And it's like, <laughs> no one knows the words of that song, but everybody tries to make up the words of that song. I was a little disappointed that it plays during the end credits as opposed to just, like, during a montage. Both of the big songs of this movie play only over the credits, yeah. which is, it, it's very 90s of the movie to do. Mm -hmm. um, all right, but they actually... Like, now, go buy this soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> when you leave the theater, stop at your nearby Coconut <laughs> Records. <laughs> do you got one of those coins? you got one of those little $5 coins you're going to give to Coconuts? <laughs> the big coin gift certificate. <laughs> <laughs> Buy an $18 CD with two good songs on it. <laughs> with one of those giant plastic things around it. Right. <laughs> that you're just like, yeah. what is the point of this? Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay, kids. So the 1990s were this awful, awful decade when it just comes to everything. <laughs> it's like, all right, I got the shrink wrap off. <laughs> Or they unlock first. They unlocked the plastic thing. Then I got it oh, home and I got God. the shrink wrap off. It took me twenty seven minutes, but I got the shrink wrap off. And now I've got the sticker label Ugh. saying what the CD was. I've got the sticker from the edge, and oh no, it's one of the ones that has a second sticker. <laughs> it's one of the ones that has the sticker on the bottom too. <laughs> All right, so the easiest way to do this is so I have to take the top off the CD, but right. I have to be careful not to break the two little plastic prongs on the sides. Oh, yeah. All right, careful. Care. Snip. <laughs> How many times have you opened up a CD, and you finally get it open, and then the CD just falls into your lap because the little... 
the center little <laughs> bit that it's supposed to snap into was already cracked. Oh, God. Like, this is brand new. All right, I don't even know where to go from here. I think we should just start all over. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Comic <laughs> Chick. I'm your host, Joe, and with me as always, my co host, Kevin. Hey. Uh, today, we're reviewing Batman Forever, and uh, we're starting off this podcast like we start off every podcast. I'm going to ask Kevin, Kevin, what did you know about the superhero sidekick Robin. Robin. Well, I know that he is uh, often Jimmy described Jellicers. as Batman's ward yes. or Bruce Wayne's ward. Yeah, his bird um, ward. His bird ward, <laughs> his sidekick. Uh, and he has a very silly, colorful, adorable costume. Yes, he does. Uh, Robin is the name of several characters in the DC comic book universe, but today we're going to be talking specifically about. Richard Grayson, a.k.a. Dick Grayson, Richard Dick Grayson, mm. um, who was Batman's first sidekick, who first appeared in Detective Comics number 38 in 1940, created by our favorite of this podcast, Bill Finger. Bill Finger. Bill Finger and Jerry Robinson. Um, and Bob Kane. Like, and Bob Kane's like, don't forget me. <laughs> Everything that Batman has has to have my name on it. <laughs> Um, Beck, uh, uh, Bob Kane's widow actually appears in in this movie. He, oh. She's Gossip Gertie. Very interesting. Yes. Huh. <laughs> Just, this movie's so terrible. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, often called the Boy Wonder, he was part of the Flying Graysons, a uh, trapeze act in a circus. <laughs> and uh, I guess they pissed off some mobster. I, I think his name was Zuko, Boss Zuko. Yeah, that's what it's Tony Zuko, not from uh, uh, Greece, but. No. But no, not that. <laughs> hey, no. whoa. Not Grayson's. From the, yeah, not from the Greek town Zuko's. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, Mr. Zuko, we're not going to pay you this this extortion money. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> um and they um and uh, of course Robin's parents are killed in front of him. Uh Batman sure. takes him on uh the millionaire Bruce Wayne takes him on as his Ward, yeah. and that's not weird, even in the 1940s. Yeah, I don't. This must have been a thing when, like, <laughs> rich, weird old bachelors were allowed to just bring in young boys to live with them, and everyone was like, "Yeah, sure." I mean, he's got to do something. I mean, right? he's he's a millionaire. You know, I you know how much I make him in a year? Sixty dollars. <laughs> He's a millionaire. I'm the richest man in my ghetto. <laughs> in my tenement. <laughs> yeah. 40 people, all different ethnicities, sharing one bathroom. It's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, thank God we're going to have Spaghetti and meatballs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> thank God we have a war in Europe to, cl to clear out a lot of this. <laughs> a lot of this nonsense. <laughs> oh, man. And so, yeah, he was a... Uh, Adopted and uh, uh, adopted as a ward, took, taken in by millionaire Bruce Wayne, and then eventually Bruce Wayne takes him on as his sidekick, Robin, yeah. who's always appeared next to Batman in every incarnation, except for the first two movies of Batman and Batman Returns. Sure. Though they kept on saying, I know there was at least one old guy who was like, where's Robin? Yeah. You can't have Batman without Robin. Right. <laughs> that man's name was Robert Loja. <laughs> Might be. Um, yeah, and uh, over the years, Robin has actually grown as a character. Um, they actually aged in the comics um, and become the character Nightwing of the Teen Titans. And he's also um, been replaced by several other different Robins, including famously Jason Todd, who was killed by the Joker. Um, and uh, 
why can't I'm blanking on the last one's name, but uh, including other Batman's son, Damien also takes over the role. And there's been, I think, five or six different Robins at this point. So sure. What? Yeah. I hope you made extra. Who the hell are you? Just a friend. But you can call me the Riddler. Oh, you dare this is more like it. How did you find us here? But then if I talked, what would keep you from slaying me, oh segregated one? By the way, that's never gonna heal if you don't stop picking. Let's see if you bleed greed. Harvey! I don't think it's me you wanna kill. That's just too easy for someone as powerful as you and you. But Batman. <gasps> Sounds like a good idea. But have you thought it through? A few bullets, a quick splash of blood, and then what? Wet hands. Post-homicidal depression. All right, so... All right, this movie's going to start off. This is Batman Forever. You already know it's different because you have the Warner Brothers logo, and it turns into the bat symbol, Kevin. It sure does. <laughs> it morphs. And then this is 1995, so you got to remember, like, the epitome of cinema at this point has been, like, Mallrats in 1995. Mallrats and Die Hard with a Vengeance, I think, were the two big movies of this year for me. <laughs> And everyone's loses their mind because it's like, but it's like yeah. changes like, and all of a sudden, like you see, like oh, something new's happening. Our new Batman, Val Kilmer, Iceman himself, yeah, yeah. and uh, and a uh, uh, Mad Mardigan from Willow. Let's not forget that. No, no, never forget. <laughs> it's a new director. We got Joel Schumacher. Yeah, who I think what did you like the client? It's a Tim Burton production. It's a Tim Burton joint. Yeah, he per- he follow right before this he made Falling Down and then The Client, which is how he got hooked up with Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Um let me just tell you this for the people who don't know, Falling Down is a great movie that in light of today's politics, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> Falling Down was when this didn't happen like every other week. Every other week when we have mass shootings here. Yeah. But that was back Oh, I thought you were talking about crazy white people. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, man. just, yeah. I was thinking, I mean, the more, more, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the mass shooting thing. Well, uh, I, I wanted to just really quickly, we're talking about um, 1995. There were two movies do, that do, I think do, 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 also do, 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 do. are worth having in mind that were really big um, when, uh, when we talk about that year in context of this movie. It was the first Toy Story movie. You came out. I don't know if it came out before or after this. And the Ace Ventura sequel, When Nature, Nature Calls, which is about going to the bathroom. <gasps> Bumblebee Tuna. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking a lot about that because Ace Ventura himself is in this movie as the Riddler. And also Jumanji. In Jumanji. <laughs> Um, we have Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. Yeah. And right off the bat, just 
in the middle of a kidnapping a guy and trying to trap and kill Batman well, with acid. Well, no, we got to start off. We got to start off right at the beginning because we have this great thing of the montage of Batman putting on the suit. Yeah. Which, for in my mind, I imagined it never. It was. I just imagined this was something that we make fun of that they would spend twenty minutes watching Batman put on a suit. But no, we spend the first three minutes of this movie watching mm-hmm. him put it on there as we find out that uh, Nicole Kidman is playing Doctor Chase Meridian. Yeah. Um, and then. Of course, Michael Gao comes in and says, Sir, for my vacuum lunch, <laughs> would you like a, a sandwich? sandwich? <laughs> and he's like, And Bell Kilmer's first lines <laughs> as Batman, introducing our Dark Knight, <laughs> says, No thanks. I'll, I'll get, get drive through. through. Which, <laughs> to my great disappointment, we do not see. <laughs> He does not pull up to like a big goofy clown face saying like, and then he orders something. <laughs> no, it's it, this is like, no, holds out the bag. The Batmobile speeds by without, you know, money is floating bat by floating. bat dollars. Yeah, we didn't get we don't get the bat credit card I would until like to, the next film. I know I can't like physically show you this, but I would like <laughs> to reenact the si- scene. I wasn't even there for when Kevin saw this point, but I kind of want to reenact it for you all where he goes it's so a Kevin's watching the movie and he says, "I'll get takeout." Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Where's where where's my laptop? I gotta make sure I write that down. I don't want to forget that. Oh yeah, I I think like because Kevin was texting me, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna start watching this movie." And then like exactly, I think it was like the seven minute point where that scene happens. He texted me, goes, "Oh God, this movie!" <laughs> right off the bat. Right off the bat. Okay, Pun so intended. so yes, we've all of a sudden been transported back to 1966 Batman. Oh, I mean, yeah. this is 100 percent. An ape of the old Batman TV oh, yeah. show. Um, Which you, Two-Face is not in no, the 66 he, he Batman. he was deemed too creepy or yeah. too scary for the And they just Batman. didn't want to do the work yeah. of making that happen. <laughs> of, Putting a big purple blob on somebody's face making, like they do here. <laughs> making Bob Hope put on the makeup. <laughs> right. What do you mean I gotta put on the makeup? <laughs> yeah. Put on makeup? The weird suit? Well, you can probably get down the with the weird, weird suit. Yeah. Swinging a golf club <laughs> won't stop. Um, yeah, it's already right off the bat. We got a Dutch tilt and a D- Dutch angle on the camera. Oh, yeah. Dutch angles all over the place. Batman shows up and has witty banter with like uh, Commissioner Gordon. No, it was a was it is it Commissioner Gordon or is it Chief O'Hara? I think it's just I don't know at this. I don't point. remember if there's because uh, Kristen was watching this with me and she asked me like. The great big... I don't remember even who it was, but it's like, there's this big fat guy. Yeah. And she's like, is that supposed to be Gordon? I think that's Commissioner <laughs> so I Gordon, I kept yeah. doing impressions of Gordon just being like, oh, oh Batman. Oh, two faces. Oh. <laughs> Eating <Big> sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and Tommy Lee Jones gives this monologue as Two Face, this like yeah. three minute monologue, and you're like, what the hell is going on here? And if like, and Batman's just chatting with Commissioner Gordon and Doctor Chase Meridian. Well, they're looking up, and they're like, I wonder what he's doing up there. <laughs> like, I think he's murdering a guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's. <laughs> like we should stand here and discuss well, it further. I mean, like you look at the first two movies, and Batman is a secretive character that nobody really knows if he exists or doesn't exist, and like he's always like jumping away, and not really talking to people. And this one, he just kind of walks up. And is right. like, "What's up, guys? How's it going? What's going on? How's it going?" 
I will be taking questions after. <laughs> Batman's giving a press conference. And yeah, so they have a guy hostage in a, in a bank vault. And this guy is the most annoying human being on the planet. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I I, I, I couldn't tell who it was. Yeah. If it was anyone famous. It's boiling acid. It's like Don Knotts is in there. He's all like, oh, Batman. Um, so he... So Batman gets in there, and of course they're pouring acid in this bank vault for no reason whatsoever. I mean, this is literally a 1966 episode of Batman. It's a death trap, is what it is. It's like you just expect to pause the film right here. It's like, will Batman get out of this one? Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a guy named Joe Griffazzi, who was also in The Deer Hunter and The Naked Gun. <laughs> Oddly enough. Two of the greatest movies of uh, cinematic history. <laughs> Deer Hunter and Naked Gun. And then he's in this, so I think he's, th- I'd say he's three for three. <laughs> so, so yeah, Batman, of course, is able to get out of there, and uh, Two-Face manages to escape. Uh, Dr. Chase Meridian, we find out, is uh, play- being played by uh, um, Nicole Kidman. By a still attractive Do- Nicole Kidman. Yeah, still, like, this is before, like, her face turns into, like, Catherine Hellman in Brazil. Yeah, she gets, yeah, she gets, she's, yeah. she, it's been fixed a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I remember, like, right, like, post-LA Confidential, it starts to be like, oh, she can't make facial expressions anymore. Oh, no, she wasn't anymore. in LA Confidential. They were thinking, that's uh, Kim Bassinger. That's right. No, Sorry. like, what right around the of? Golden Compass, she gets, like, really crazy That's faced. true. Yeah. That's the worst I've seen her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she wins an award for putting on a plastic nose. Mm. <laughs> that who's afraid of it? that Virginia Wolf movie she does where she has a prosthetic nose. Yeah, she gets an Academy Award for. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is this is a pre breakup with Tom Cruise because this is a uh, this is before uh, Eyes Wide Shut even. Yeah, Nicole that's Kidman. True. So she's this is attractive Nicole Kidman. Um, <laughs> and it's it's so bizarre because like. I just I don't even know where to begin with this movie, and just in terms of like what's worse with it, the plot or or the structure or or the characterization or the dialogue, because the dialogue in this movie is nonsense, yeah, one hundred percent nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, we could go look at the scene where we're first introduced to Jim Carrey as the Riddler, Edward Enigma, mm-hmm. yeah, Enigma, talking to himself, talking to himself, delivering his own self exposition, <laughs> his own self exposition. <laughs> I think that's the name of your autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> My own self exhibition. Yeah. Um, so he's he's doing this, and Bruce Wayne, uh, Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne, is coming in, and he's looking over Wayne Industries' electronics sector because it's all about the public sharing of the stocks. And I just, it's like, yeah. why is this? First of all, why is this even? Why is that line of dialogue even in there? No one gives a crap. Mm-hmm. Second of all, yes, okay, we need to be introduced to Edward Nigma. Ed- Enigma is in love with Bruce Wayne. Is that what it is? It certainly looks that way. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's like you're my idol, and it's like, why? <laughs> like, well, because he's an electronics guy. He's like an inventor. Why isn't his idol like Nikolai <laughs> Tesla? <laughs> like, I don't like. What does Bruce Wayne have to do? Yeah, with anything, I, I I'm very confused. And- so he does this whole thing, and his big invention that would be like my idol being like. Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL. <laughs> We're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, so I have to which, make which a, is make National a Podcast reference. Day. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know why, but it's, I just always feel like 
nerds record podcasts on, on yeah, Super Bowl. To talk about how they're not watching, watching the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm not either. I'm just going to... If I my yeah. square wins, I win a lot of money, but that's about it. There you go. So I, I don't even like go football, but I love gambling. <laughs> there um, you go. Uh, yeah, so... Not to mention the fact that he's being that Bruce Wayne is being ushered around this Wayne Tech lab by Ed Begley Jr. Yes, an uncredited Ed Begley Jr. Oddly enough, <laughs> but it's just so he's got weird. a lot of scenes to not get credited. <laughs> he gets murdered. <laughs> weird. It's not like no one knew who he was. But it's just like we all know who Ed Begley Jr. is. I mean, he's not like an unknown actor, and it's just kind of like no it one would had... make more sense if Nigma's idol was Ed, Ed Begley, Begley Jr. Jr. <laughs> Not the character, just like the actor. Oh, yeah. It's all about green energy. Yeah. Solar panels. And then, so, Nigma's whole thing is is that he wants to create television that you beam into people's heads. The dumbest invention. It makes no sense to me. I don't, it's just, it's like crappy VR. Yeah. And like, I mean, I guess because like this is pre- the idea of having like even like a good television in your like we didn't have flat screen TVs. And, <laughs> we had tube TVs. Right. It was internet like, was just like a thing for nerds. Right. If you were one of those rich people with like a fifty inch TV, it was still a like a CRT TV. So yeah. it was enormous and sat on your floor. And if you looked at it from a slight angle, you couldn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> that, that, that giant remote giant. that you had to like hold with two hands and it, point it had a stock so you could put it under your shoulder <laughs> in a trigger so people didn't have good tvs in their home yeah. even batman has like a so, you know he's a billionaire and he has like this crappy little screen so bruce wayne of course is saying like uh so he's trying to explain to bruce wayne like my whole thing is i want to beam television to people's brains and bruce is like okay why don't you give me the schematics he's like no i need to know yes or no now i'm just like well, Bruce Wayne is like, uh, no. And he's not, he's very polite about it, too. Yeah. He's not like a, a, a dick about it. Like, you know what? You're, you're an awful human being. <laughs> right. You're crazy. You're a crazy I don't want to deal with you. Um, he's like, you know what? Um, I just think it's, you know, the technology is not really there yet. And of course, he goes crazy about it. And, and Bigley Jr. is like, oh, Mr. Wayne, I'm so sorry yeah. about this crazy. I'm like, this whole thing does, it, this is like, I don't even know how to explain this. No. Like, this is not a normal human interaction. Even this is not even a supervillain interaction with 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 someone. This is just weird. Yeah, and so we don't. And he has this weird little obsession with the Riddler character already. already. Yeah, before he even gets in anything, he has like the little, little bobblehead. So I'm looking stuff. at that, and I'm like, he's not even a good. He doesn't even make up his own origin. He just like goes, "Oh, I'm going to be the bobblehead." Yeah character and he had and then we see he has a weird animatronic riddler in his house later and you're like I, so he doesn't even what even it was that I, I i have no idea so anyway <laughs> it's, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me so bruce wayne or batman is obsessed with dr chase meridian because dr chase meridian's in love with batman sure so, but so bruce goes and Cause he, she always likes the wrong guy I mean, the and, wrong kind of guy, and uh, and so <laughs> this is it's so weird. So as this Bruce is the Wayne, most, like, Bruce sputtering Wayne, I've ever seen you trying to talk about a movie. Bruce Wayne is now We're in love with Doctor with Doctor Chase Meridian. You so, can tell he's in love with her because he says so. <laughs> so he, he says does. it to Alfred at some point, and that's the only way I had any inkling. 
He's like, I've never loved anyone before, Alfred. Bruce goes. You're going to have to take my word for this. <laughs> Bruce goes and talks with Dr. Chase Meridian. But Dr. Chase Meridian is like, I can't go out with you because I'm in love with the Batman. And then Bruce Wayne should have just been like, I'm the Batman. Let's go have sex. <laughs> right. Do you want me to wear the costume or not? <laughs> exactly. Should we alternate? <laughs> I don't understand what do was the conflict there. There didn't really seem to be a problem. <laughs> She's like, I'm torn between both sides of you. And it's like, but we can still enjoy that. Exactly. It made no sense at any level. That's like the thing with this movie is nothing makes sense of yeah. it. Um, meanwhile, uh, Edward Nigma is deciding, has created his invention, which looks like the weird thing that Doc Brown wears in Back to the Future when he's trying to read Marty's mind. And maybe they're playing off that. Could I don't very know. Well be. It looks like a green glowing blender with little <laughs> wings on it that spins around. Yeah, he puts it on his head and he steals Ed Bagley Jr.'s... He, he like projects a fish into his head? Is that what yeah. it was? It was a fish? <laughs> it, was, it was supposed to show us... That was a point where I was like, oh, that's what his invention is? Because it was like... It makes because the way he explains it is he's like it makes you feel like you're in the show, which I'm like okay, so it's like a crappy virtual reality. Got it. And then you see what it actually looks like, and it's like Ed Begley Jr. watching a fishing fish. show, yeah. and the guy's like, "Look at the fish! Look at the fish!" And he shoves the fish oh, is that into what the camera, and so he's like, "Whoa!" And I'm like, first of all, why? Like, it would be like 3D. You're like, oh wow, yeah. Like that would be the extent. Oh. Of my being impressed. It's, like, that's not something I wish I could be inserted into. This, and the thing that annoys me the most is it's the least villainous thing on the planet. Because all you're doing is just it's just beaming something into a person's head. Yes, it makes Enigma uh, uh, smarter, supposedly. Uh-huh. And a little more insane. Yeah. But... It's still just a projection. There's nothing really bad about it. I mean... Well, it becomes bad later. Does it really? Well, yes, because the idea is that he comes out with the new version. And the new version, which Val Kilmer asks him about, or Bruce Wayne asks him about, he says, you know, what's to stop you from extracting an image out? And I'm like, well, science. (laughs) The fact that that's not a thing probably is the answer to that question. But in the context of this world... When he's at the very end, when they have their big showdown, he says, you know, tomorrow he's going to release the new box. Everybody's going to rush out and buy the new box. And that allows him to extract, you know, bank account numbers and credit card numbers, which, first of all, wouldn't really work because I don't have my credit card number memorized. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see how you would extract, like, memories of your, I mean. Well, and not only that, but. This already happens. We're I already, already have to look up my checking account information every single year for my tax return. Everyone, though, but everyone... <laughs> like, I don't know my routing number. Comcast is already doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, there is nothing that he does that's really illegal on any level. No. No. And, and Bruce Wade's like, oh, we're going to have this. Uh. It's like, why? <laughs> Do you already know Now, that- see, that's yeah. way more emotion than Batman <laughs> oh. or Bruce Wayne show in this movie it would it's more like we can't have this oh this is a bad thing edward so uh back to bruce and dr chase meridian i love you dr chase meridian (laughs) but you're so damn ugly um (laughs) i love that movie um so bruce takes dr chase meridian to the circus because the circus is in town (laughs) the first (laughs) what a great date oh 
Uh, and of course, uh, the Flying Graysons are there doing their acrobatic stunts. Uh-huh. And Two-Face shows up at the circus. <laughs> his diabolical plan to take over the circus. With his hench people, <laughs> Debbie Mazar and Drew Barrymore. Right. Yes. Goodfellas, Debbie, Debbie Mazar. Mazar. <laughs> and a pre-comeback. Uh, Was it pre-comeback? I would say yes, because I remember people suddenly liking her again with Scream a year later. Oh, be- I guess... And I think people mostly liked the fake out because everyone thought like, oh, she's going to be the lead in this. And then she gets killed a la Psycho like 10 yeah. minutes in. Spoiler for Scream, which I'm sure everyone has seen. In Psycho, she gets killed like 45 minutes in. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they rushed it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it, you have this whole thing going on there, and he has a bomb, and not just a, a like a, a detonator bomb. It's a big round bomb that says "bomb" on it. <laughs> I don't know if that's for sure, but it definitely is a big round bomb <laughs> that the Flying Graysons are able to get. Uh, Dick Grayson, played by Chris O'Donnell, yeah. who is still not in movie jail at this point, <laughs> just coming off right. scent of a woman. I exactly. think exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like school ties. 45-year-old Chris O'Donnell, playing the youngest of the Flying Graysons, <laughs> right. takes the bomb and manages to get it out before it explodes, but his entire family is killed. Yeah. Yeah. By Two-Face. Um, Bruce Wayne, in seeing this, decides to adopt 45-year-old Dick Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the worst character of all time. And you could see why Chris O'Donnell was put in a movie jail for as long as he was. Mm-hmm. Um because his line reading in this is the worst thing ever. No one stopped to say, like, why is it such a, a, a bad thing for, for Robin to keep saying, like, Bruce, Bruce, hey, Bruce, how's it going, Bruce? Or, hey, Al, like, like it's, oh, he's such a rebel for calling Alfred Al. It's like, what, what the hell's going on? This kid is just a dick. Yeah. It's not like he's troubled. He's 40. <laughs> <laughs> He's so old in this movie. He was 25. He was 25 <laughs> in real life. I was living in an apartment by myself, holding down a full-time job <laughs> with with a girlfriend when I was 25. I I would like it if a millionaire had adopted me at 25, <laughs> but at that point I'd be like, how many hand jobs do I have to give you a day right. for this arrangement to continue? Yeah. I wasn't like like <laughs> If my entire family was killed in front of me at the age of 25, I'd be like, oh, this really sucks. Okay. Anyway, I've got to go to work. <laughs> anyway, i got to go to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, pay my rent. It's so mind-boggling that they even thought this would be a good decision. Like, yeah. if he was a young boy, maybe 12 or 13... Maybe even all the way up to 18. Sure. You, you might be like, okay, I could kind of understand I mean, I this. guess he's supposed to be because they keep talking about how he should go to college. But it's unclear to me, like, when he... He has middle-aged spread starting. That's, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, he has, like, a like full-grown beard at this point. <laughs> Chris he has a mortgage, Kevin. <laughs> he has a mortgage. Uh, uh and this whole thing is is he's able like Bruce Wayne is able to convince him to stay because to fix a motorcycle. I'm like, what? This is this is getting creepier and creepier by the second because you're just giving this kid gifts, yeah, you know, to get him to stay. Like, why do you need him to stay? This does not make any sense. <laughs> 
I mean, the only well, he wants him to stay because he's like, "You're gonna go and kill Toothface," because that's all he talks about. He's yeah. like, "I'm going to go kill Toothface," and he's like, "I don't think you should do that. If you stay here, maybe you won't go kill Toothface." Except by staying there, it constantly puts him in one-to-one combat with, with Two-Face. Well, not to mention the fact in the movie they keep calling him Harvey Two-Face. Yeah. Like, did you ever know? Did you notice that? Yeah. They keep saying, like, Harvey Two-Face. Yeah. Which is funny because I think Harvey Danger is on the soundtrack to this movie. Oh, that I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, like... Maybe. It was 1995. <laughs> yeah, it it's entirely possible. So, it was just weird that they kept on calling him Harvey Two-Face because I was like, a Harvey Two-Face does sound qu- like, like a sexual maneuver. <laughs> you could give him the old Harvey Two Face, <laughs> which is how I describe all the sexual maneuvers. <laughs> give him the old. Give him the old things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he's constantly put in this, and of course they're like, "How come I could get in every room except that room?" You're like, "Who's in there, Grayson?" <laughs> It's always able like, God. Oh, I'm just going to kick down this door. Yeah. Go, oh, he's the Batman. Oh, no. And he, so he steals the Batmobile. Right. He takes the Batmobile and drives around. Yeah. He drives no, to he like some crazy <laughs> like neon tufts and hookers. <laughs> the hookers are played by like, En Vogue. Vogue. Yes. Never, ever going to get it. <laughs> Which more I, like Batboy. More like Batboy. <laughs> it's like, like what? That's <laughs> great. Um, I think it's like the, the, the head of the street toughs is like Billy Blanks, like the old Tybo guy. No, it's some kickboxer. Oh, is it? Or, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is it I Michael J. White? Star <laughs> <No>. Spawn? <laughs> no. Sadly. <laughs> so, yeah. And of course, uh, um, you know, he's got to beat up all these toughs and everything like that. Yeah. And, br- and then Batman shows up. He's like, hey, you're going out. You're not gonna go out. He's like, "Yes, I am." No, you're not gonna go out. Yes, I am. No, you're not gonna go out. You're yes, grounded. I, he's like, "I'm 25." He's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna go get some liquor and some smokes." <laughs> you need anything while I'm out? Well, all right. So to be fair, I guess if I was 25, but my whole life had been spent. Doing a trapeze act with my parents, <laughs> then it's possible that my appropriate level of maturity at 25 might be a little bit stunted. Alan Ruck was 30 years old when he played Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off in 1985. Yeah. He, he did a more... trapeze act with his parents. <laughs> he was far more convincing as an 18 year old teenager. <laughs> Then Chris O'Donnell was at the age 25 playing an 18-year-old teenager. Yeah. I, I, it's, Chris O'Donnell literally looked like he was probably in his mid-30s at that point. I don't know what it was. If it was, it was the high time of the 90s, he was probably a lot of cocaine going around. I'm not saying he did the cocaine. I'm just saying it was going around. He just looks old in this movie, and it's ridiculous <laughs> at that point. So... <laughs> Long story short, I mean, <laughs> this movie is two hours long. It is long. two hours. Yeah. The Riddler and the and Two Face team up together, sure, to kill the Bat. Right, which is what you do in every Batman movie. Why not? As long as they say our goal, kill the Bat. Yeah, that's all that needs to be said. So they set up this big elaborate trap where you know. Nigma, who somehow all of a sudden becomes super famous because of this thing that you know puts. The, how do you get the production made of this thing? Like, I, I have that come? question where he's giving the 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 
he's talking about it and all the reporters are there and he's in like a nice suit and all this and I'm like so okay how does he so he founded a company yeah he obviously got investors yes he invented that thing while working at Wayne Enterprises so presumably that should be proprietary even though that they didn't go for it they they should own it right um, yeah, I mean, he invented it as an employee of Wayne Enterprise. He didn't invent it at home. <laughs> he true. used their tools. So, I mean, not that I wanted this to get into <laughs> Some you know, intellectual law. property, property uh, you know, laws. Uh, you know, I didn't want to see that necessarily. Wayne v. Nigma. Right. Bung, bung. I didn't really want to see that. But I'm like, where did he get all of the funding to all do the capital. this? Yeah, I mean, like, we're adults now. I'm sure Chris O'Donnell could understand, like, the, the intricacies of being an adult with property law, <laughs> being as old as he is at this point, but... Jim Carrey was only eight years older than <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he he goes up and, and he does all this. So he's already making money. This thing is, is really successful. It's yeah. like, he doesn't have to steal people's bank accounts. They're literally giving him their money. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so it's like it's yeah. like with with Dr. Evil and, and Austin Powers. And it's like, well, sir, we're already making, you know, we already make way more than that already with our overseas investments. Right. You know, it's, it's just not profitable being evil. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's like I'm going to team up with Two-Face, who's just a crazy person. <laughs> well, they're both kind of crazy. At I this mean, point. but Nigma is a crazy successful entrepreneur <laughs> and inventor <laughs> it's, it, you're just kind of like well you just i i would i would just be happy with the success you have of course Riddler. i guess he's very successful in gotham it's never clear that these things are selling anywhere else well <laughs> they we don't do. really talk about like worldwide and like does he have the ability to even ship these things worldwide <laughs> maybe what he a- just has an in because the guy running that maybe it's all a sham anyway because the guy running the electronic store uh in a weird cameo bob zamuda oh, bob zamuda so it's possible zamuda. that bob zamuda <laughs> was also edward nigma could very well as be tony millionaire <laughs> possible is latka um yeah so you have um you have this going on there and and it leads to this big confrontation where the riddler is fighting batman and the riddler finds out that batman is bruce wayne sure yeah sure whatever and he and i love how he finds out because he gets to because he just sees the the big puppet the big bat puppet yeah, yeah and he's like He's thinking about bats. Ergo. Ergo. He is the he Batman. Is Batman. Uh, and, oh, and not to mention the fact of, like, Batman finally accepts Robin on his team. Yeah. And so they go take bat boats, like matching yeah. bat boats, <laughs> to go there. And they have all these mines and crap in the water of Gotham Harbor. Where are they getting the money for this? <laughs> well, they stole a lot of stuff. <laughs> they stole a lot of stuff. They stole the big diamond. Maybe they hawked the diamond and used it to... To buy naval mines? <laughs> <laughs> Several naval mines. Well, he's got to have some kind of an income. He's paying all these henchmen. I guess. 
He's got this endless supply of henchmen with matching costumes <laughs> and then that they... reflect the Two-Face imagery. That's true. <laughs> and then they go to the big island, and of course we get Chris O'Donnell saying, Holy rusted metal, Batman. <sighs> what? It's, it's, it's made of metal. I got it's so all mad. rusted and, and it holy. Has holes and it has in holes it. in it. It's holy. <laughs> <sighs> to which at that point my dad is in the theater going, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you see, he's hitting me with his shoulder, with his elbow. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Huh? yeah, I get like, it. I, I get huh? it, Dad. I get it. <laughs> what? It's consecrated ground. You know, holy. <laughs> it's consecrated. That would have made more sense. And then the thing lifts up into the the. the, the it's like what? This is needlessly complicated, Riddler. Yeah. Um. Well, it's we haven't we've been dancing around this the whole time. Uh, and we can get into it a little bit more later in our next segment. But you have to remember, we are watching a cartoon. We are watching a big neon cartoon. <sighs> and that is why they have a cartoonish lair. A supervillain lair. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Nah, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Riddler, he's able, he's able to take out the Riddler through chutzpah. <laughs> And then he fights two. Then Two Face comes by and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you regardless." And then he's like, yeah. "Harvey, no!" And for the first time in this entire movie, Harvey shows up and he's like, "Oh, should I kill him? I don't know." So he goes to flip the damn coin, and Batman throws a bunch of coins up because he just happens to have a bunch of the coins. <laughs> right? <laughs> Loose change. <laughs> well, it's because he had it because getting there, yeah. he knew that the the quickest way to get to the evil lair would have been to take the tollways. Oh, so so he, he knew he's this like this would be pre I pass, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> to take the the easy pass that New York has or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's got the he's got like that 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 coin holder thing that he that he kept on his on, right. his, on his dashboard. Yeah, it like, was a cut scene where yeah. he's putting on the suit and then he's just like, oh, I need. He's got that little yeah. thing like the conductor said that I need some full. <laughs> No, I was just thinking he's got like a big, like he's, a cup. He's got a mason jar just full yes. of change, like right next to his bed. God, there's so many pennies in here. They don't accept pennies. I gotta get Alfred. <laughs> Alfred, you gotta change in some of these pennies. Alfred, get my coin counter. Alfred, I can't yes, use the pennies in the. Yes, Mr. Wayne. He puts it down there. Batman's just emptying the jar. And it's like. And it gets stuck, and he's like, ah, stupid thing, I'm a millionaire, I can't afford a better change or counter. <laughs> Hitting it and, like, shaking it, and then it goes down. He's like, oh, I forgot to put the wrappers in. <laughs> oh, damn it. Some of these are Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably take them. <laughs> right? <laughs> when am I going to hang out with these forever? I don't know when I'm going to be in Canada next. <laughs> Why is there a Chuck E. Cheese token what in here? <laughs> By the way, um, it used to be back in the day, Chuck E. Cheese tokens worked inside the toll booths that you could throw the Chuck E. Cheese tokens in. Nice. Just to let you know. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work at a Chuck E. Cheese. And, there yeah. you go. <laughs> it's dark time. Dark times. Dark times. <laughs> um, yeah. So then two, so he throws the things out there and he, he's like, and Two-Face is like, I'm foiled. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, he's captured and everything like that. And there's no other way to resolve this. I'm too committed <laughs> I'm at too this point. <laughs> oh, no, my thing. <laughs> That's what I'm all about. 
<laughs> you ruined my shtick. <laughs> my shtick. <laughs> oh, it's the end. The, I think I the guess. end. <laughs> There's probably more stuff. What do you suggest, Alfred? By sea or by air? Why not both? Who's your tailor? I took the liberty, sir. Ah, what's that stand for? Robin. Riddler and Two-Face can make a pretty lethal combination. Figured you could use a hand. Two against two are better odds. I can't promise I won't kill Harvey. A man's gotta go his own way. A friend taught me that. Not just a friend. A partner. All right, so, um... <laughs> so here we are. Jesus Christ, this movie. Production notes. Production notes! All right, so Batman Returns was a financial success. Mm-hmm. It was critically panned. Mm. Um, not here. Not well. Not here. <laughs> not here in retrospect. Um, McDonald's. You know, there was some. There was a big. There's a big controversy. Like, how are you going to market this movie to kids? Yeah, it's pretty dark. They wanted to make money off of it, mm. and at least the licensing and merchandise, and they could not do it because it's a movie that has Penguin attempting rape. Sure. Uh, multiple times throughout the movie. Um. So they wanted to make a movie that was going to be a little a little lighter and not quite yeah, as Tim more mainstream. Burton, Tim Burton Dark. So they rested. So Warner Brothers wrested control of the Batman franchise from Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he still gets a production credit because I think d- in the opening credits it's like a, a Tim, Tim Burton, Burton production yeah. or something like that, which I was like, <laughs> I don't think he was in the room ever <laughs> for any of this. So, yeah, which I which and Tim Burton ended up on the better side because he went on to go direct Ed Wood, sure, and uh, Kevin's favorite Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go direct a movie about a transvestite, <laughs> <laughs> a bad movie. Um, and then so they bring on Joel Schumacher as yes. director. Uh, Joel Schumacher, not a bad director at this point. He's actually done some pretty good movies. I mean, sure. like kind of classic early '90s. Movies, I mean, yeah, movies they don't make anymore. You no, know? he directed the Lost Boys, a, yeah. a favorite of this podcast. Yeah. He directed uh, Saint Almost Fire, which is pretty good. It's <laughs> another song I don't know the words to. Higher and higher. Uh, <laughs> and he would song. follow this up with the Sandra Bullock vehicle, A Time to Kill. <laughs> yes, I. Yes, I killed them, and they deserve to die. <laughs> I hope they burn in hell. I think that's what it is, right? That's something like that. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey in that movie. I think. He sure is. Uh, he's the lawyer. Um, yeah. So Joel Schumacher, not a terrible director. No. Um, you know, Burton wrote a draft of the script. Um, I know Akiva Goldsman came in, mm-hmm. um, who ended up winning the Academy Award for uh, Beautiful Mind. Ah. But he's also the guy who had sole writing credit on Batman and Robin, so let's give him so let's not give him so much credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Keaton basically walked into the room and said, "I'm out, peace out," <laughs> and turned around and walked out and left fifteen million on the table, saying, "I'm not going to come back for this movie." Sure. Um, Joel Schumacher wanted 
uh, um, Val Kilmer, based upon his performance in Tombstone. And I believe he uh, there's I, I don't know how true the story is. I think it's pretty Hollywood apocryphal. He was obsessed with Val Kilmer's lips in this like like you if you notice like Val Kilmer <laughs> is lit in such a way that his lips are so pronounced in this movie. It's I don't know great if, lips. I don't know if there's truth to it or if it's, it's like true. that Hollywood apocryphal, you know. Yeah. But there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. And they're like screw it, let's bring in Five trillion characters in this movie. First of all, they bring in as the Riddler, who was originally in the script. I don't think there's any more characters. Probably one more character than Batman Returns. uh, Returns. Yes. Yeah. If you add in Robin. Yeah. So. Well, not to mention Debbie Mazar and Drew Barrymore. (laughs) That's true. They do have a scene where they make him do different dinners. It's hilarious. (laughs) Jim Carrey comes in. Jim Carrey is... For people who don't know, Jim Carrey was literally the biggest star in Hollywood at this oh, time. Oh, yeah. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Dumb and Dumber, um, The Mask. Mm-hmm. This was like a three-punch that just started in 1992. So, like, within three years of 1995, he has three of the top-grossing movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, of, of those uh, three of years. Of the era. Yeah, of sure. the era. Mm-hmm. Um, then he goes on to do this, which is also a super fi- successful movie. He does Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, another successful movie. Mm-hmm. Truman Show. He did, Truman like, Show, Bruce Almighty. Mighty, yeah. Uh, well, that was later. I was just looking at his 90s credits. Liar, Liar. Liar, Liar was big. Was a big, big movie. The cable Guy was not as big. The Deadpool, I think he was in. <laughs> that was his first credit. That's not uh, our Deadpool. That's uh, no. The Deadpool. <laughs> the Deadpool. I, yeah, and uh, he also did, I think, Peggy Sue Gets Married and uh, that one where he's a vampire, too. If we want to go to early oh, Jim yeah. Carrey movies. Wow, weird. But, uh, you know, Jim Carrey is, like, super successful. Oh, yeah. like In Living Color. Was and Ace, well, yeah, and Ace Ventura was, like, I mean, I was, what was it? It was 1992, so I'm um, 10, yeah. right? And I'm, like... That movie was the funniest damn thing I had ever seen at that point. Every I was not the, yeah. fistica- the, the sophisticated cinephile <laughs> that now hosts this dumb show. Every seven or eight years a movie comes out that just the popular zeitgeist at the time kind of just absorbs it. And then everyone is quoting that movie. Ace Ventura was that movie all the way up until about 2001 when uh, Austin Powers came out. or Well, Austin Powers yeah. came out, I think, 98. Sure. But 2001... Uh, no, 99, I would say. Because Austin Powers came out in 97. Austin Powers 2 was when people really started doing that whole Austin Powers thing. Yeah. And then, then that was all popular until Borat came out. And... Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a weird time. Yeah. Uh, Dumb and Dumber still holds up. It's a fantastic movie. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I haven't it, seen it in a while. Fairly, I believe you. The Fairly Brothers do not age well generally, but Dumb and Dumber is an amazing movie. I believe you. Yes. <laughs> and The Mask is all right. Mm, yeah. That I don't believe you. It's all right. Well, we <laughs> should do it for this podcast because right. it is a comic book movie. Oh, dear. All right. I don't know <laughs> if I can take more... Uh... And we have, they bring in Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Schumacher brings in Tommy Lee Jones, who's in, who did the client with him. Sure. Tommy Lee Jones thinks he's going to make a, a, a Jack Nicholson payday and just does Jack Nicholson throughout this entire movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they bring in, of course, Chris O'Donnell as Robin. Now, the whole, the whole backstory with Robin is fantastic because I truly believe that there is, there was at least one studio executive in Warner Brothers fighting for Robin all three of the movies for Batman. The first two, like, where's Robin? You got to bring in Robin. Bring in Robin. So they finally bring in Robin. And originally, 
the person cast as Robin was Marlon Wayans. Oh. So it would have been two members of In Living Color in this cast, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, Marlon Wayans, of course, was um, rejected very famously. They don't talk about it that much, uh-huh. but it was they wanted a white Robin. Sure. And it's like, oh, they, if that happened nowadays, that would, it would just be – it would be – Insane, insane. Well, it kind of, it kind of happens. Although they never, I mean, to have actually brought him in and then and say no, firing we him. Yeah. yeah, we want a white Robin. Um, Macaulay Culkin and Leonardo DiCaprio were both floated as names, and eventually they brought on Chris O'Donnell because scent of a woman. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm telling you, it was that oh, wow. school. It was that school ties. <laughs> Charlie, how big's the dance floor? <laughs> that movie that movie's another movie that holds up it's it's a very 90s movie that holds up i think yeah. at least it's a fun movie uh it's so what were we what were we on in the 90s jesus um and then the of course they wanted to bring in the love interest dr chase meridian the, hundreds of female actresses vied for the part originally they wanted renee russo mm-hmm. because they had michael keaton but then they brought in val kilmer and they were like oh renee russo is too old for val kilmer <laughs> like what uh, all right yep <laughs> and so they 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 get a bunch of other people to to try out and i think even joanne wally i think his his wife at the time hmm. uh tried out for it but i know they brought in like robin wright and a bunch, bunch of other female actresses and and uh nicole kidman got it nicole kidman not a huge American star yet. She had done, I think, like Dead Calm, I think, before then. Hmm. And uh, she's a big Australian actress at the time. That's true. Yeah. Uh, um. It, it's still real early. Like, I don't even think she had done Far and Away yet. She, well, she had. That was okay, 92. But okay. yeah, no, not a big... I mean, she wouldn't do... God, I don't even know. Like, I, I guess that's interesting, like, trying to think of, like, what was she known for <laughs> kind of prior to that? I mean, I guess I don't really remember living. I don't remember her being a big name until Tom Cruise. Yeah. And even then it was like, it was, Tom. you know, it was like he was bigger. By the way, I, don't know. I just realized this. Two of Tom Cruise, two Tom Cruise wives in the Batman universe. Katie Holmes mm-hmm. was in, in the Nolan verse. And we have true. here. All, all we need is a. Who was it? Mimi Rogers was his first wife, I think. We need to get her in a Batman movie ASAP. There you go. Um, yeah, and so they brought all that in. And the movie, they they this movie does gangbusters. This movie did better than yeah. Batman Returns. Uh, it was just, dating worked uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Drew Barrymore an item for a while. Wasn't that a thing? I, I, who knows? That may or may not have been the result of this movie. <laughs> You're... Oh, by the way, uh, before Val Kilmer was cast, Daniel Day-Lewis was up for the part as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> D-Day. So this was uh, the, the big, uh, the big summer movie for Warner Brothers. This opened up in June, June sixteenth. Three hundred thirty-six million worldwide. Sixth highest grossing movie of the year. And, and let's be fair, uh, ninety-five was a big year for movies. A lot of oh, stuff yeah. came out. I mean, we, yeah, we mentioned a couple already. Um. So it and it did better than Batman Returns, which is the main thing, which led people to make the god awful Batman and Robin movie. Well, where they amped up everything that they thought was successful. It's because it's funnier. Yeah. Let's make it funny. Oh, no. Let's add more characters. <laughs> right. Uh, it's uh, it, that people movie. like Batman having a sidekick. <laughs> Maybe him... he should have two sidekicks. 
Just a whole gang of sidekicks. One more thing I wanted to talk about in terms of production is the soundtrack to this movie. This oh, yeah. this movie's soundtrack was huge back in the day. Yeah. It was one of those ones where you bought the soundtrack for some godforsaken reason. I um I have to confess, I did not have the Batman Forever soundtrack. Until today. <laughs> but I did have the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Ew. I know. And it was bad. Um, yeah, so some of the big, uh, this, this soundtrack. I think Harvey Danger was not on there, but, uh, PJ the Offspring. Harvey was on. PJ oh, is that Harvey. what you were thinking Yes. Of? Uh, The Offspring. And The Offspring song actually plays. It does. In the movie, as does the, uh, Flaming Lips song. Yes, the Flaming Lips are in this. Which I actually, re- I was sitting there, I didn't recognize the song, but I, I was like getting lunch or something and I heard it and I'm like, is that the Flaming Lips? <laughs> And then I Googled it, and I'm like, ah, the flaming lips are on this soundtrack. Um, the big the big hit single was Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2, which I believe was parodied by Weird Al Yankovic into a song about dentistry, which sure. was, I think, like, drill me, fill me, something. Oof. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> the... It makes it even more overtly sexual. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me see. I'm sure it's on here. Oh man, look at that! Look at that single cover. It's got the, the Mel oh, yeah. Kilmer with his lips. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, I, the big single. I think I feel like "Kiss from a Rose" was the big single. I mean, they were both big. Uh, they were both very big. Yeah, they were. Um, "Kiss from the Rose" was the other. It was the other big one for off this one. They kind of like made Seal a household name in America. Yeah, a lot of video play for that one. Um. Kevin and I were laughing earlier that it's uh, this song kind of was part of on the U2 comeback from the Zuropa tour. <laughs> yes. Like U2 had gone, kind of gone away. U2. For- well, they had Octung Baby, which was huge. Yeah. And that was 1991. And then they followed that up with, I don't remember exactly the years or the order, but it was Zuropa and Pop. And they were both like more electronic because electronic music was getting really big in the 90s and rock was dying again. <laughs> And they were like, and people, like, especially older U2 fans were like, what is this garbage? And younger U2 Bring fans. Bring back Joshua Tree. Right. And younger U2 fans didn't exist. So <laughs> it hurt U2 overall. But now I think people are kind of like understanding that a little bit. So this was like their big hit from the 90s. Yeah. It wasn't on either of those albums because they didn't have any other big hits. Yeah. And it's like, U2, huh? All right. And this was, I remember uh, them. This was such a weird time, because this was right when I was a teenager, just trying to understand what was going on in the world around me in terms of pop culture. I'm trying to, like, figure out my identity, and I'm getting thrown all this crap in my face. MTV is constantly playing these videos. I'm like, am I supposed to like this movie? I guess so. (laughs) Um, That's what the the man is telling me. Yeah. So, like, I had the soundtrack, and I had Flaming Lips and Brandy, Method Man, Nick Cave, Michael Hutchins of In Excess before the... Well... Uh, (laughs) PJ Harvey and Massive Attack is on this, And inexplicably, Sunny Day Real Estate. Sunny Day Real Estate's on this? Yeah. Oh, God. It's not an original song. It's a song from their second record. I'm not sure why it's on here. I don't know where it shows up in the movie. (laughs) I don't think it has... It's ever on screen (laughs) at all. It's also got the Kinks Waterloo Sunset. Reason, <laughs> you know, right? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, this is. Uh, it was a huge soundtrack, and and the music. It doesn't make any sense because only like two songs play throughout the entire thing, and all the rest are just over the credits because the credits are twenty minutes long. Yeah. 
and it, it's it's nonsense. This movie uh, has a forty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, Metacritic has it at a fifty one out of a hundred. Seems about right. I'm thinking they're. It's not as bad as I remembered it to be. Mm-hmm. Like in in retrospect with this podcast and watching a lot of other movies and even watching yeah. the sixty six Batman, I see where they were going with this movie. Yeah, I thought that this was going to be one of those movies where like it wasn't as bad as I remembered and that I was like, oh, maybe it's aged a little bit better now. Um, it is not such a movie. For no, me. Uh, I don't believe that it is. I think it's what's interesting is as I was kind of looking at what other people had said about this movie on like Letterboxd and on, you know, a couple of other sites like this movie has a lot of defenders and a lot of the. People have say a lot of things about it, like um, that they make a lot of valid points about it. That there isn't really anything here that doesn't have some precedent in the Tim Burton movies, right? Like the weird angles, and it's very sort of broad. Like some of the humor is pretty broad. Um, you know, the the sort of the silliness of some of the villains. Like there's a camp factor that's really yeah. just ramped up. Um, but the problem, the biggest problem that I think it comes down to for me is that Val Kilmer <laughs> plays both Bruce Wayne and Batman like he's half asleep. Like he took something, like he's on, like he took like half a Xanax before he got on the flight and it never wore off. <laughs> my my feeling is, is Val Kilmer was put into costume pushed onto set and had no idea what movie he was in. This movie is equal parts like very busy and very loud to like be like, look kids, you're such an old man. This movie's loud and unforgivably boring. Like there are these long, boring, talky stretches where like, Bruce Wayne is talking about his... So there was supposed to be... And, and I don't know if you were going to... had looked into this at all, but when I was looking a little bit at some of the production stuff, like, the original cut of this movie was two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah, there's a lot cut from this movie. Which doesn't... Like, I mean, now that's like, yeah, that sounds normal. But in 1995, <laughs> you're like... That's unforgivable. No one would have sat through a two-hour and 40-minute comic book Hold movie. On. Well, let's catch your point, but something that just came up the other day, um, a friend texted me. He's like, you ever see the movie Gravity? I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I really like the movie. I go, I like it too. It's only like 70 minutes long. <laughs> anyway, continue. Right. It's... It was supposed to have, like, there's all these scenes where he's, like, doing these flashbacks where he's t- thinking about like remembering the night his parents got killed which first of all I never got the sense that he ever forgot like he's Batman like of course he remembers yeah. his parents getting killed it's the reason he's Batman for god's sake <laughs> but he does have the revelation of remembering falling down the well after in this case it's after the funeral and he runs out, and it's a storm, and he falls on a well, and a giant bat puppet comes after him very slowly. And he sees it, and he says, I'm not really afraid, which is sort of counter to the whole Batman origin yeah. anyway. But he's like, about, I'm gonna, he's like, he looks at the bat, and he's like, huh, I'm going to use that. 
basically what he comes down to. Yeah, criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. (laughs) But it's supposed to be this whole thing over the course of the film where it's this whole revelation about his guilt because he's the one who has to, which is stuff we know from Batman now. Like, it's it's standard Batman origin, right? But it's so boring. It's so boring. Yeah. Unforgivably, (laughs) relentlessly boring. That you're just, you're like, God, it bounces from, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey mugging for the camera to Val Kilmer standing there mumbling. Well, I mean, and that's like part of the problem is, is like, I think the biggest, the biggest sin of this movie is, is Val Kilmer like completely being miscast in this movie. Tommy Lee Jones and, and, and he can, he has fun with it. And, And Jim Carrey. They both commit and they get what's going on because there are scenes that are like straight out of the old Batman TV show where yeah. they're kind of like doing like the finger thing where they're like, oh, yeah, and they're like oh, leaned yeah. over like together and like in the corner frame of the shot. And it's like straight out of like yep. what sees Romero and uh, and uh, um, Frank Gorshin would do. I'm trying to think of who <laughs> played Riddler. Go. Right. <laughs> um, I'm only saying uh, Cesar Romero because that's who Tommy Lee Jones is channeling yes. in there. Oh, yeah. And Val Kilmer doesn't get that he's supposed to be playing Adam West. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's supposed to be doing Michael Keaton. Right. Which doesn't work in this movie. Yeah. He's supposed to be playing Adam West where he's going, ah, Robin, we need to go yeah. solve this riddle. You know, it's like, what has 12 faces or blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, a clock. Yeah. That's what you need in this movie. And you need, you need Chris O'Donnell going like, you're right, Batman. You know, yeah. like that sort of thing, and not like where they're like angsty and angry at each other for some odd reason. Yeah, they're they're clearly in two different movies. That, it's it's two completely different movies, and yeah. so when those movies come together, you're just like, this is this is not pretty. This is like seeing Kathy Bates and about Schmidt. I don't need this. <laughs> right? Yeah. I. Um, it's gruesome, it, and like, I and it's interesting that you know, I would agree. Like we say on this podcast a lot, especially when we're talking about newer DC movies, that there's not enough humor. Yeah. Well, there's no humor. Yeah. There's zero humor. Um, and and that's a and it's not and they're not colorful. No. This movie has a lot of humor and it's very colorful, alarmingly colorful. So I'm I'm, inter- I'm curious. Colorful. I'm curious. Like what? Like do it's we alarming. think? Like is this really colorful? Am I having a stroke? I don't remember. I'm alarmed. My I'm banging on the TV. I'm trying to adjust like the tint. The vert. <laughs> well, because I have one of the old giant TVs sitting on the floor. I'm watching it through a CRT. <laughs> Kristen, where are my needle nose pliers? The dial came off again. <laughs> I gotta go up on the roof, jiggle the rabbit ears, <laughs> yelling through an open window. Is it better? Is it any better? My wife's like, no, it's still snowy. And I'm like, ah, damn it. Because for some reason, I don't get the digital signal. For some reason, I still get. I'm the one house. That's because I live in Unincorporated. We can't get the digital signals here. It's 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 the wild, wild west. We still get airwaves. But anyway, what you were saying is... Uh... So I don't know. I just... What do you think about that? Like, the balance between... Do you, What do you think? Do you think... 
that does this movie go too far in the other like well how do you place this movie in the context of what the current dc movies are doing wrong um i think so as one of my main things that i like about this movie is it does try and capture what the 1966 batman did um the jokes in this movie fall flat mainly because a they're trying to rely on the physical comedy of 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 Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey yeah. which does not hold up. At the time, probably in 1995, I thought it was hysterical because, you know, Jim Carrey can do that whole thing. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, this is funny because he's, it's Jim Carrey. This he's is Jim perfect. Carrey. Yeah. But in retrospect, nowadays, I'm kind of like, oh, this this isn't really that funny. These these jokes yeah. are more setups of physical comedy. Turns out the Riddler's real evil <laughs> plot was to get you to not vaccinate your, your kids. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> Decided against it, and and Tommy <laughs> took the low road. Yeah, it's and, fine. One of us has to. But there was no like the humor in it didn't seem natural. It didn't seem like no. There was no like smiling and wink, and like there was too much smiling and winking at the at yes. The it was audience. Too, it was too much because it was it was too self aware. Yeah, exactly, way too self aware. And I, I it, not to say that I didn't appreciate it. It didn't. It wasn't terrible of a movie like where I was just like, I can't believe I'm still watching this movie. That's true. The two hours didn't feel excessive. Uh, it was probably a little too long. Yeah. But I mean, I, I would say that no matter what. I think I could have just done with maybe one fewer um, subplot like bank robbing scene yeah. or something like that. Although I shouldn't take those out because those were actually fun to watch. Yeah. One fewer dour. This is what happened to my parents. Nicole Kidman. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, one uh, less scene. By the way, there of was sleepy-eyed mumbling. The the stuff that I thought was fun and where the humor would come from is like when the Batmobile went up the wall, like straight, <laughs> like like the '66 Batman, right. like yes. where it's like you just exactly. kind of expect a Sammy Davis Jr. to pop out the window and go, "Hey, man, what's going on out here?" <laughs> you know, like something yeah. like that. That's like the stuff that I think is kind of funny. Um, but it was it was very, very self-aware. And I kind of liked it because it was a spin on the whole Batman climbing up yeah. the side of the building, but it was the Batmobile going up. So you're like, ah, right. I get it. I also think a big part of this movie that has less, the big problem with this movie that actually has less to do with the movie, and we were kind of joking about because we were always joking about it, is that the mid-90s were awful. <laughs> they like, truly were. The CG of Gotham was <sighs> terrible. We went from the matte paintings yeah. of the Tim Burton Batman to not even the, not even the, something that looks like it's not even the matte paintings. It, it was, looked like an episode of Reboot. Remember Reboot? <laughs> I do remember Reboot. <laughs> Our listeners remember Reboot. <laughs> no, they don't. The um no, it's you had not only the gorgeous matte paintings, but you also had the Anton first design like streets of gotham like it was a yes. fully built city and in this one it was like one corner was built yeah and they just kept on splashing more neon on it <laughs> yeah for sake yeah i don't for, I, I don't know i don't know what was going on with that weird like black light sequence um that was just weird yeah i mean and i think i i just i think it was an overall just mix of tone that no one really got the memo on what they yeah. were supposed to do there was no consistency in this movie mm -hmm. it's like they they wanted to do what tim burton did they wanted to go back to 1966 they wanted to have a love story they wanted to you know showcase jim carrey it's like yeah. you're doing too much and not enough of what you need to be doing which is having a cohesive coherent movie 
Yeah. And they didn't just they just decided they didn't want to do that. They were just going to throw a bunch of crap on screen and they were going to sell millions. And they did. And they and did. They did. Moved a lot of CDs. Moved a lot of CDs, moved a lot of <laughs> and g- singles for people who wanted that Kiss from a Rose. That was a great song. I don't that. I don't care what the B-side said. was probably Kiss from a Rose radio edit. <laughs> radio edit. It's probably what it was. I'm not looking it up. Uh, I'm probably right. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. The um, yeah. This this movie was was um a mess overall. And but the problem. One of the problems is I can't really. Some of the things that I I liked about this movie is actually I thought it was a pretty well directed movie. Like I was I was keeping an eye on it. It's it didn't seem like it was poorly shot. Like everything was framed very well. Yeah. Um, it was a poorly edited movie, but that's because we found out that forty minutes, minutes. were yeah. <laughs> were cut and, and never was, mastered. Yeah, and it's it's. Um, I think a lot of the problems came from the director not directing his actors. Like this is how mm-hmm. you know you should be in the scene. Let's get some emotion or let's get some of this. I mean, I'm not looking for Schindler's List here, people. No. I'm looking for you know <laughs> just some consistency from my actors and what they're doing. Like they just came in and were like. I it was like something it was like twilight level acting in this like when we make fun of the movie twilight yeah for being like having bad acting that this was a type of acting that's like in twilight it's sure. people who are wooden they don't like emote when they're acting I mean aside from Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones who are chewing scenery like nobody's business but that's fine that's what they're supposed to be doing in here um I I want just something out of out of Bruce Wayne or Batman, I just want something. He's not giving me anything. No. Um, Nicole Kidman, I, I like. She's she's fine in this movie, I guess. Um, she plays like yeah. she plays that 1966 character pretty well of that woman who's in love with Batman. Mm-hmm. Usually, we find out later. It's like, oh no, that's Eartha Kitt. It's Catwoman the entire time. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What's oh? Who's this? Bruce Wayne, who's this? My name is Cat Feline. <laughs> I'm the newest member of the Gotham Press. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, she obviously can't be Catwoman. <laughs> you stay here tonight. I've got a date with Ms. Feline. <laughs> See, now that's like that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. However, if we watch this, we'd probably be like, oh, Hawkeye Batman, not yeah. the last Catwoman. Well, we did it uh, yeah. <laughs> last year when we saw the other movie. Yeah, that, that exact was, same thing happened. I, like, I don't know where else I and what else I can possibly say about this movie other than you the- summed it up pretty well. It's the, it's a it's a it's just a mess. It's, it's a, a mix men- of, of things, and and it's interesting. The defenders never really get into that idea that, especially that Val Kilmer's just so. Bad. He's yeah. so bad in this movie. Well, yes, Val Kilmer's bad, but he's nowhere near as bad as Chris O'Donnell. I would like. I don't want to defend and give any less blame to Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell deserves every minute he has spent in Hollywood jail mm-hmm. because of this and and Batman and Robin. He's doing all right. He's on NCIS, an NCIS spinoff on CBS. <sighs> yeah, but he's he spent a, a lot. He spent a lot of time in Hollywood he jail. Did. A ton of time in Hollywood jail. I'm not 100% sure if it was because of Batman, but I'm assuming it's because of Batman and how bad these movies are and how bad his performance is in this. To play an angsty teenager at the age of 25, looking like he does in this movie where he, like, I think he had, like, a nicotine patch on (laughs) through this movie. I'm not 100% sure. (laughs) That's possible. (laughs) 
He had orthopedic socks on, Kevin. <laughs> he got up out of a chair once and went, Ugh. <laughs> or he sat down and made that noise. <laughs> Like he is so damn old in this movie, right. and it's 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 creepy that Bruce Wayne would take him in, and it's even cre- I think it's creepier that he does it when the guy's like twenty five as opposed to like the little twelve year old, because at least like with the twelve year old you could kind of be like, oh well, you know maybe he does feel bad for him, blah 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 blah. But he's this kid is thirty. This kid yeah. is, is he's got student loans. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He never went to college. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's got he's got problems, Kevin. He's he's a grown ass adult. <laughs> he's got alimony payments. Yeah, he said he's got two kids, Kevin. He's got two kids. They're off in Metropolis. I expected at the end for it to be like, well, I guess I better be getting back. My wife's gonna be wondering where I've been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for helping me avenge my family, but uh, you know I got gotta be. I haven't been home in a couple of weeks. My wife's probably getting worried. Hello, honey. You'll never guess who I've been staying with. No, they're dead. No, it's Bruce Wayne. You know the millionaire. No, no, he's a, look him up. He's on. Look, oh wait, we don't have Google yet. Um, no. <laughs> this is 1995. Open up a newspaper. I'm, I'm sure he's there, listed somewhere. <laughs> what? Hero of electronics inventors the world over. <laughs> what? No, I didn't get the milk. I'm gonna get the milk. I'll get the milk on my way back home. <laughs> I don't know, like 30 minutes. <laughs> well, tell them good night for me. I'll be home. <laughs> All right, I got to get going. <laughs> I don't want your mother staying over for dinner. I've had a very long day. <laughs> I've avenged my parents' death. <laughs> I got to go, Batman. Oh, okay. She don't want to spend the night? Well, no, that's we- okay. That's, that's a little weird. <laughs> I thought we had something. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there should be something, but, you know, just saying. <laughs> I thought you were, thought you were 17. No, no. <laughs> no. Nope, 32. 32. <laughs> anyway. Born in 63. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I remember Woodstock. I remember <laughs> Woodstock. <laughs> this, the Robin in this movie remembers watching Vietnam on TV, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs>
All right, so we're going to want to do a recast now. Um, we've recasted Batman about a bajillion times. Yeah. Um, we've had everybody in Hollywood play Batman at some point. Everyone has played Batman at some point. So I figured this time we're going to go we're going to go to what they originally wanted to do with the 1989 Batman. Um, before Tim Burton came on and was like, I'm going to make it all creepy and weird. Um, he, they wanted to make it a campy movie like the original 1966 Batman. And I think once they were able to wrest control from Tim Burton, they're like, Joel Schumacher, make it the way we want to make it. Um, but we're going to put it in our hands, the 1989 Batman or the, the late 80s, early 90s Batman franchise. We're going to make it the campy 1966 one. Just recasting characters from this movie. Okay. All right. So Good deal. let's start it off right off the bat. Kevin, who was your campy late 80s, early 90s Batman? So campy, yes. But I also imagined this being a Schumacher movie. Okay. And I wanted there to still be this idea of like, we want it to be commercial and we want some of these big stars of the moment who are going to be able to still play up the comedy angle. Okay. So I went with heartthrob at the moment. Was he a heartthrob? I don't know. Maybe not. James Spader. James Spader. (laughs) (laughs) I could see James Spader doing the gloom, but also getting off the zingers. I I love that James Spader has just become a complete parody of himself lately. James Spader's insane. Sure. And and God bless him. He's like James. He's going full crazy millionaire. Yeah, he's going full. Point. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um it's it's a great pick. I went with a little with a little bit of a, a comic hero, um, a perennial of this of our, our cast. I went with Bill Murray. I went with the Bill Murray nice. Batman. I wanted to work Bill Murray into this. I thought about him a lot. I know that originally when they were researching getting this movie made off the ground, Bill Murray was thrown around as an idea for Batman back when it was supposed to be camping. I'm like, that's just a brilliant yeah. to have Bill Murray dressed as Batman, like walking out and like, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Two-Face and the Riddler? <laughs> uh, this is too much for me. <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah. Um, so let's go with your... Um... Now I'm imagining today's Bill Murray... <laughs> As like a grizzled old Batman, like with the huge beard and the gray hair, like Wes Anderson. No, I that Bill would, Murray. That would be Bill Murray in Logan. Like yeah, imagine oh, that. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> just got the claws and a big old beer gut. <laughs> One of the claws has been missing it's for years. <laughs> um. Okay. So who is your Robin? <clears throat> my Robin. I'm not even going to set this up. My Robin's Corey Feldman. (laughs) (laughs) No way. You know what, though? (laughs) I'm sure in like 1995, Corey Feldman was probably like in his 30s at that point. So, yeah. Well, this was this is the late 80s. I'm setting this in like 89, 90. And he would have worked with Schumacher in In the Lost Lost Boys. Boys. He was a kid. He was roughly the appropriate age to be doing this. Oh man, poor Corey Feldman. That guy's just screwed up. We can't. It's it's yeah. I know Michael Jackson tried to get into this movie too. Just uh, the mm. little aside there. I think he, he wanted to play the Riddler, mm. but Michael Jackson did was... he? <laughs> I'm gonna play. Mary I Bruce didn't Wayne. know that. <laughs> um, 
So for my uh, my Robin, I decided to go with appropriate casting and cast someone who was like in his 30s to play Robin. And I went with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> the Goot. The Goot. I think, I don't know, there's something about Steve Gutenberg that has that kind of like Burt Ward 1966 feel to him. Sure. So, you know. I suppose. Yeah. Nice. It's like it's like where where Bill Murray's Batman's like no we got to go fight crime and then then Gutenberg's like going up to the women like hey how you doing hey I'm, I'm Robin it's nice to meet you you would you like to go for a ride in the Batmobile you know who I want to play Batman now who? Albert Brooks Albert Brooks for some reason <laughs> I don't know why. wait a minute I just remembered my parents were murdered <laughs> I fell down a well. I don't really do an Albert Brooks. I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to imagine the way he'd deliver the line. <laughs> All right. So um, let's let's go for a let's go to the villains. First off, let's go for your Riddler. My Riddler. Yes. Is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I thought, let's do it. Let's have because it's like it's 89. You know, uh, Michael Jackson, and I'm like, okay, they want to move the soundtrack. There'd be a big, he'd do a big Batman song called uh, Bat Dance, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) He'd do a big, he'd have a Bat Dance song. Uh, It would be huge. Would move a lot of uh, cassette cassingles. Yeah, I could I could see that. <laughs> they have cassingles in the late eighties. They may not. Oh, they probably yet. had cassingles in the late eighties. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, I mean, once I saw that, I I was throwing around a couple of other people. I didn't. Qu- I never quite landed on anybody. Looking at different like comics, and yeah, that was yeah. one where I was thinking of Bill Murray. Also, um, just like thinking of like who would be a funny, who was the. The, the Jim Carrey of of the, the you know the late eighties yeah if I, not I I think I have I think I have, know, I think I have the Jim Carrey of the, of the late eighties probably not the late eighties probably mid eighties mm-hmm. I went with Martin Short as my Riddler oh that would be fun to watch <laughs> hello Mr <laughs> Batman <laughs> um I I love Martin Short um, yeah he is probably I I shouldn't say he's He's just one of those guys that you you forget about as as yeah. that like, and then you go and watch something like he does in the in the eighties, like when he does SNL or when he did SCTV, and you're like, holy Jesus, this man is a genius. Yeah, he's got the physical comedy of 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 um, Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. along with like amazing comic timing. Yeah, watching him on on uh, Arrested Development was something he was on recently. Replaced that like the exercise like. Jack Lane, Lane guy yeah. without the use of his legs. Right. And it's hysterical. Yes. He does great character stuff. Great character stuff. The Jiminy Glick stuff was always really funny. <laughs> Jiminy Glick. <laughs> and the thing was, is it wasn't funny, no, but he made it, it he funny. He made it funny. <laughs> just that we were just enjoying the character. Yes. <laughs> As he slobbers all over in this giant, this weird fat, fat suit. Oh God! Oh, I totally forgot about I totally forgot about Jiminy Glick. But as yeah. I'm saying, it's like Martin Short's one of those guys. <laughs> I must see. Um, so, who is your Two Face? My Two Face. Uh, I went back to the Lost Boys well, and I went with Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. I would enjoy with, watching with, with that as well. Platinum blonde hair. Kiefer Me didn't have to have platinum blonde hair, but maybe. <laughs> I just like oh, that haircut is so awful. I got very confused during this movie. Speaking of the hair, where. When you saw Nigma, he had Jim Carrey's actual brown hair. Yeah. And then when he was the Riddler, he had the red, he had the red weird, like, crew cut poof thing. And I was like, which one's the wig? 
Like, uh, I couldn't... I mean, not in real life, because I understand they just shot the scenes probably separately, and then he did the Riddler hair, and then they shot the Riddler scenes. But, like, in the context of the character, which one's the wig? I, I, I don't... And, I, I, and I'm not, I don't mean that even in a metaphysical, you know, existential kind of a way. I just literally want to know, did the Riddler put on a, a weird red wig and tuck his regular hair? Or did he have, like, a normal wig? Yeah. That he would put over the red hair. I I don't know. The riddles in this movie are stupid too. By the way, they don't mean anything. They're just riddles put in for the hell of it. Yeah, I don't think they add up to anything, do they? They're supposed <laughs> just to add like up this to. Movie. <laughs> they're supposed to add up to his name, but I don't know how that helps anything happen with the plot. Nope, it doesn't. Because <laughs> it's not like they go to his house and arrest him for being the Riddler. Because <laughs> he doesn't do anything illegal. <laughs> As I said, he's just beaming stuff into people's heads. That's not illegal. No. <laughs> he no. doesn't do anything illegal in this movie. Tommy no. Lee Jones does. I mean, he's... I suppose he's about to, but now we get into the whole minority report thing of like, <laughs> is a crime that someone's about to commit still a crime? Dr. Chase Meridian, why don't you bring in your crazy Scientologist husband to explain <laughs> this to us? Throws a pool ball down the Okay. <laughs> Speaking um, of which. So Tommy Lee Jones, our, our Two-Face. Yeah. And you, you said... Uh, um, uh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland. Uh, my Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face is... Uh, my Harvey Two-Face. My Harvey Two-Face. Is Dan Aykroyd. Nice. I have a little bit of a, a, a okay. Ghostbusters reunion with sure. it. Sure. Um, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd is crazy. How about this? End it right there. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd has gone off the deep end. Yeah. People are like, oh, no, he just has Asperger's syndrome. He's just he's he's just not really that social. No, he's a nut job. Mm-hmm. Like, a complete and utter loony. Um, but it's great. I think he'd make a great Two Face for that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, just let him. Just let him rant about aliens for forty five minutes throughout the movie. Yeah, he'd make a really good penguin. <laughs> he would make a good penguin. Yeah. yeah. Penguin's not in this movie, but <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. And Doctor Chase Meridian. Who's your Doctor Chase Meridian? Uh, I didn't put a lot of thought into this. I just went with the first uh, popular late 80s actress that I came across, and that was Andy McDowell. <laughs> Andy McDowell. <laughs> Plus, it was uh, it was just Groundhog Day recently. Oh, yeah, it was so just was, of, It's also Bill Murray. And, got her, yeah. yeah, got her on the mind, I suppose. Well, shit. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was, I was about to say, I, I, I wanted to, I was just going to put Jamie Lee Curtis in there, but I decided that because um, we don't have the third Tom Cruise wife, I'm going to put in Mimi Rogers there you go. As, as my daughter, Chase Meridian. Sure. All right, so we have to have our uh, just a little bit of comic book news here for you. Not too much has happened uh, since. One of the biggest news is that Ben Affleck is off directing the Batfleck. Yeah, uh, he's uh, it's it's kind of weird. I don't I don't know what's going on with it. I mean, of course, all these DC movies have just had awful, awful production. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them has had production where everything has gone smoothly. Um, and uh, the Batman. 
no longer has Affleck directing. He says that it's like, I really just, I want to just play the character. I don't want to really have to direct it. So I'm not 100% sure. A little bit of background. Affleck has come off three really great movies and one movie that has just been critically panned. Oh, uh, the, yeah, uh, he did Gone Baby Gone, Argo, and The Town, and then he was it Fly by Night was the one where he plays the gangster. Oh yeah, I don't I don't think that's the name of it, but I don't know what the name of it is. I think it's, it's something like that. Yeah, it's something like that, and it's just it's been critically panned. I don't know if he's like sending himself to kind of movie jail where he's like, you know what, I don't want to have two bombs in a row, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take my name off directing this one and just act in it, or you know, I mean, he was in that uh, what was it um. Gone Girl, where you get to see his mm-hmm. his, his bat wiener. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. a lot of women like that movie, but I don't know. You, they killed Neil Patrick Harris. I liked it. You yeah. liked it. I liked Gone Girl. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the the story or anything. <laughs> did you lean over to Kristen and say, "Wait, did the cops know internal affairs plant at the time?" <laughs> so um, we have. Uh, I they won't listen to this, so it's okay. Um, some uh, a mutual friend of ours has a friend that comes to you know whenever they have events at their house and there's this it's the guy and it's like you know a couple because we're married and so everyone that we know is a couple and she's this really tall kind of attractive blonde but she's like weirdly like she has a weird social just the way she is when you talk to her um chris and i have decided that it's very possible that she is a psychopath Ooh. Um, we suspect, um, so we call her Gone Girl. <laughs> so that movie's always a little bit on my mind because it's always like, oh, you mean Gone Girl? You were always on my mind. I saw Gone Girl posted something on Facebook the other day. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's just, that's too funny. But yeah, so we don't know who's going to direct it. Um, I'm sure it's not going to be any like controversial choice. It, this is going to be a huge budget movie. It'd be great if they bring in Schumacher. No, <laughs> that'd be hysterical. <laughs> I can't see that happening. Um, other comic book news. Um, there's a lot of TV stuff going on right now. Legion is going to be coming on an FXX soon, based off the X Men properties. Uh, not yes. going to be connected to anything, but it also has um, the main character is from uh, Downton Abbey. So at least you can get your wife to watch it through that angle. There you go. He's Matthew. He's the guy that gets killed in the car crash. Oh yeah, <laughs> that show. Yeah. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Uh, well, I, uh, I know him as Matt Crowley. That's yeah, what I, would say. I always forget the actor's name. I always forget his name. Yeah. Oh, well. He doesn't really do much anyway. I think he was in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, too, because everyone was in that movie. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he was in that movie, The Guest, which was that came oh, out a yeah, year yeah, or two yeah. ago. That's, very, that's actually pretty good. I enjoyed the heck out of that movie. Um, uh, and uh, a lot of people wanted him uh, to take over as Bond. And he'd make a pretty good Bond, a good younger Bond. But I don't think that's going to happen now. We need someone a little bit more like fancy Brit to be Bond. Like, I, 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 I just I can't handle four-hour... James Bond movies with uh, what's his face in it? I, it's, I, it's Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig. It's yeah. too. It's too much. Yeah, they're not good. No, <laughs> one of them's pretty good. Yeah, Casino like, Royale was good. Um, but uh, well, Skyfall. You Skyfall like Skyfall? You don't I, like Skyfall? <laughs> Skyfall was okay, but it was a Batman movie. That wasn't a Bond well, yeah, movie. Yes, we've I, talked I, about I, that yeah. extensively. It's it's a Batman. It's fine. I I liked it. I liked both of them. I like both. I'm not sure which one I like more, but yeah, the other two were garbage. Yeah, as as, <laughs> as I said, we need to get Sam Mendes directing Batman and Christopher Nolan directing Bond. That's the way it needs to go. There you go. 
Um, but uh, in TV news, we also have um, Cloak and Dagger, which is a Marvel series, is actually going to be debuting on like ABC Family or some nonsense channel like that. I haven't heard anything about that. Which is interesting to me because I thought for sure that was going to be one of the Netflix shows. Because yeah. it kind of it's the street level crime thing with hmm. a little bit of that going on. So I'm I'm very surprised that that's going to like ABC as opposed to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Not unusual. I mean, ABC is still doing a lot of the Marvel stuff. They have Inhumans coming out, which is, you know, a big deal. Um, aside from that, not much else going on. We're still kind of like in that, like, ready at the gate thing. We have uh, Lego Batman coming out next week, which, you know, we'll be reviewing on this show, um, as well as Logan and Guardians of the Galaxy coming out very shortly after that. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're just waiting to get this, like, ramped up before the next big slate of news starts coming out from it. I mean, they're just releasing a ton of pictures and nonsense yeah. and Jimmy Johnny Cash videos so far. <laughs> That's all that's really happening, and people are excited about Walking Dead for some odd... Not Walking Dead. People are excited about Power Rangers for some odd reason oh, that no one really yeah. knows. Did you see the preview for Power Rangers? I did. I'm not a Power Rangers fan. I've never been a Power Rangers fan. I was a no. little too old for it when it, it came, came out. It came out just at the time when I was too... It's sort of like Pokemon. Yeah. came out just when we. I was a little too old for it. I went and saw... Was it? I think it was Star Wars. When I saw Rogue One, they did the preview for, for Power Rangers... And the first half of that, I was just like, what in the world is this movie? Like, what They stupid- set it up right. Like, it's going to be some kind of, like, teens get superpowers, yeah. and, you know, maybe it's going to be based on a, 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 a YA yeah, thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this has got to be some young adult novel. And I was like, Diana, what book that you read that I sh- that no human being should read is this based <laughs> off of? Right. And she's like, I don't know. And then they did the, then they had, like, Zord on it. And I was like... Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is this is going to be the biggest joke since Gem and the Holograms movie. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot be real Oy. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's basically what we're dealing with right now. <laughs> These ain't your daddy's Power Rangers. No, and I just don't understand why people still like Power Rangers. I don't understand why people ever liked Power Rangers. Well, I could I could kind of say that, but I mean like it'd be like if people if they said like we're doing a, a well, I can't say G.I. Joe or Transformers because they already did those. But if they were like, we're doing a Thundercats movie, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I like Thundercats when I was a kid. Yeah, when I was a child. When I was a child. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that we need to have a. Big I wonder budget. if they're still doing like the Mattel Hasbro extended universe with like. What was it? It was like the insect. What's the insect one? And the insectoids. Yeah, and like um, I don't know, GI Joe and Tracer. there was a f- yeah, there was a few. There were supposed to be all these different ones coming out, and I haven't heard much about them at all. I would I would love for them to do like the one the one movie I would love to see like based off a of childhood properties. I want to see like a really good He Man movie. But what I want yeah. is I want it to be like Conan the Barbarian. Where it's just like this yeah. insane fantasy epic, right? That's just it's it's bonkers nonsense. <laughs> Denis Villeneuve's Masters of the Universe. <laughs> yes. Well, he's doing Dune now. He's doing Dune, and that's and what I'm made me think of it. So excited about that! Yeah, I'm like, oh man, Kevin and I are going to go see a Dune movie <laughs> done by Denis Villeneuve. The guy who did Arrival is going to do Dune. This is not going <laughs> to make any sense. It's going to be six hours long. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. And it's only going to be the first third of the book, Dune. <laughs> I mean. That book is is great. It's fantastic. It's one of the greatest science fiction books of all time. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's yeah. just, the book is, is it's only like 200 pages long. It's not even a long That's book. That's true, yeah. And it's all about 
conservation. That's basically what the book mm-hmm. is about. It's about conservation on one hand, and the other hand is about doing drugs. <laughs> so it's like, this is not a very super action-packed movie. Like, even the 1980s movie with with, with Sting was not that great of a movie. Oh, no. It no, was, it is just, not a great movie. It's pretty terrible. And it's just got a lot of weird visuals, and they got, like... like I, I, I just can't understand why they were rather redoing Dune. There's no reason to redo Dune because it's not it. There's there's nothing visual about it that you want to see on the big screen <laughs> unless you're doing drugs. Yeah. You know, like you want this for Dune. You want this gigantic drug orgy on screen where you're just like blitzed out of your mind. It's the it's not like our culture is not like that anymore. No, like, we're not. The 60s and the 70s are over. And even the 80s, it would have just been a little too campy, maybe. Not in the good way. It would be too uh, cheesy, I should say. Not campy. It would probably end up being cheesy. Yeah. Which is what it was. It yeah. came out in the 80s that it would be, you know, it was pretty cheesy. <laughs> um, now it's... Johnny! Well, now because everything is grim. And so that's what it's going to be. Is It's going to be very grim and it's going to be probably a little too self-serious. Or... It's going to be really great. I would I love it. Like, we go see it, and we're, like, expecting this giant Grim thing, and we show up, and it's got this giant, like, James Horner soundtrack, and it's, like, <laughs> bright, in it. bright and colorful, like, da-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> we see Paul Atreides, like, played by, I don't know, Channing Tatum, like, riding a sandworm going, like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing! Yeah! Yeah! We just sit in our seats and watch for it to play again. The guy comes in there and he's like, movie's over. Like, we're sitting here. We're going to watch it again. Play it over. That's what I, that's what I want. That would be great. No, that would not I happen. worry that those days are over. No, oh, those days are long gone. All right. Um, so, Kevin, let's get into, uh, let's let's wrap up Batman Forever. Yeah. Um, what what grade are you going to give it? Give it a C minus. I think <laughs> uh, it's very middle of the road. There's a lot to kind of appreciate about it um there's things that it does well we've talked about them the most unforgivable part for me is that it is really boring a lot of the times and you're just like what it just we talk about this with other movies where you know it just grinds things to a halt like these scenes the scenes with nicole kidman a lot of them are just they're not. They're just boring. Nice picture of a bat. That's a raw shake test. You must have bats on the mind. Well, no shit. He's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he is very boring. Kind of unforgivably boring, as I said. Uh, um, but it's not terrible, as I was kind of expecting. It's not an underappreciated you know, gem. No. Where, you know, we can look back on some movies. Like, like when we di- when we talked about uh, Spider-Man 3, yeah. both of us were kind of like, I kind of liked it. Like, we yeah. both kind of liked Spider-Man 3. Yeah, it's, it it's a maligned movie. It's not from, you know, it's only 10 years old. Yeah. This is 22 now years yeah. old. But this and especially Batman and Robin have a reputation for being really terrible movies. The Schumacher Batman movies. People talk about them as being awful and they're not great. Um, but I won't give it lower than that, but I'm, I, I, am i am not even going to give it even a C I think would be too. Like I didn't like it more than I liked it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go C minus, but I won't go as low as a D just because why not? I'm going D. You're going to D. I'm going D. This movie, 
there is very few redeemable things about this movie, and only those few redeemable things are what keep it from being an F. Yeah. Um, though that is the fact that after the two hours, it wasn't completely mind-numbingly bored. I wasn't screaming at the TV like, "Why are you still playing?" Yeah. Um, that was about the best that I could say for the movie. Um, the performances in it were okay for what they were doing. I think part of the problem of why many people don't like this movie is that they don't really understand that it is 1966 Batman. They were trying to do that and they didn't And that's why I I give it a C minus because I think it does about a C minus worth of job, job accomplishing that in 1995. Yeah, and I I I agree. It's just I I <laughs> you they, just hated it a little bit more. I just hated it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, the um there was no need for a love story in there. That was that was dumb. I mean, they always have to put a love story in there, but it was dumb. Yeah. Um, the performances were pretty terrible. Can you imagine if there wasn't a love story, but Kiss from a Rose still was on the soundtrack? There like, was a love story, and that was between Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. And that one, we didn't... It's a little late in the show to get into that too much, but that should have been... It should have been the... I don't even want to call it a bromance, because at the end, they're like... I, I'm not, we're not just, what does he say? It's like, I'm not just a, Side not just kick. a friend. No. I'm a partner. partner. And then they shake hands and it's like, it's no, oh. it shouldn't be a partnership. <laughs> it shouldn't be a partnership. The Riddler in Two-Face was a partnership. partnership. Yeah. This is a civil is union. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, is Nambla. No, <laughs> this, this is, this is love. It's kind of. It's not quite a bromance. It's like a fatherly. No, it should have been a bromance. Is what it should have been. Kind it of. Have, it should have been this thing where it's like these two men just enjoy wearing spandex and going out and, <laughs> and getting their aggression out, fighting bad guys. No, I mean it's. It, there's always been an undercurrent of the weird, the weirdness of the Batman Robin relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. Frederick Wortham based ninety percent of Seduction of the Innocent on the Batman Robin relationship. Which I didn't even go into this episode, but I could have. Sure. Maybe I'll do it if we ever do Batman. Maybe we'll do it when we do Lego Batman. <laughs> I'll talk about Seduction of the Innocent <laughs> on that one. Um, oh boy! <laughs> but yeah, they um, it's there. There, it should have been this more like when you have Val Kilmer, who is only probably six years older than than Robin, or Chris O'Donnell. It should have been this like fun bromance where these two guys are like. Going out and fighting bad guys, but instead you get this weird kind of alpha male conflict going on that doesn't need to be there. They're trying to do this like this '90s like rebellious. Well, you know it's '90s because he has an earring. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Oh, this movie's terrible on so many so many levels. Like every level, it's terrible on every level, <laughs> with the exception of the fact that it's only two hours long, making it the shortest Batman movie by far. <laughs> All right, go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at, uh, well, I, at K White says, uh, like the I don't face- use Twitter much anymore, <laughs> like the Facebook page, too many Nazis. backslash comic book logic. Um, I found a video that I got to post, it's it, this old Silver Surfer video from like the 1980s. It is. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. And I can't wait to show everyone it because it's it's nutty. Like, I think Wayne Knight is in the video. I'm not 100% sure, but wow. I think it is Wayne Knight. Nice. <laughs> we got a Dodson here. Um, <laughs> the best way you can help out the podcast is like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can like our sister podcasts, uh, 
game classy, which is all about tabletop gaming. Uh, game on or play on, play on sorry, <laughs> which is all about video gaming. And uh, Weeb Town, which is all about all things Japan or or uh, Nippon, as I like to say, Japan animation, Japan, 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 Japan animation. <laughs> Jenny Chippo. <laughs> um. So, Kevin, until the Lego Batman, let's go get drive through. Comic, bullet, logic, 